Okay, everyone, ready to ready to go. Okay, we're holding in the middle of the discourse. Um, we're holding. Last week we did the first part, and now we're doing the second part. Page one eighteen, um, Perek Hey. Okay, let me just. Okay, so last week we were learning how the, um, the power of the shofar, how the, uh, we learned last week a phenomenal discussion about the, the um, power of how Hashem's malchut, Hashem's kingship expires every year because Hashem initiates His kingship and thereby all of creation, which are derivatives of Hashem's kingship, Hashem creates it and makes it only for one year, and then it automatically is suspended at the end of the year. Because Hashem wants us to re-evoke in Him a desire to want to be a king. And that means that we want to be His subjects. So in Rosh Hashanah, a new energy comes down for the world for an entire year. That's why it's called Rosh. Rosh means a head. So it's like the brain. The brain contains the life force of the entire body, and so on and so forth. We also learned that that's the idea that we have to draw forth the mamale kalalmim from the soviv kalalmim. What does that mean? We have to draw, draw forth, which means Hashem's infinite, unchanging light, that's steady, that's always there, that we don't have to affect. What we have to affect is God's uh, descendants into what's called mamale. He fills all the creations with a particular kind of energy in a manner in which he creates us to be entities outside of him. That's what the mamale does. And that's, that is energized through uh, the interest of Hashem wanting to be a king. Because that's why he makes us have our own sense of autonomy, our own sense of existence, so that we can choose to serve him or not serve him. So that mamale kalaman light, which is only a ray of the infinite, that's what needs to be regenerated every Rosh Hashanah. And that's why we learned that in, in, in addition to Malchius, which we proclaim Hashem as king, and we're asking God to be king, in addition to that, we also say Zechronot. And Zechronot means remembrance. Last week, he explained so amazingly, the reason why we have to make Zechronot is because, because this, this little ray is so insignificant to the infinite, to Hashem, to Hashem, that means the cosmos and all of creation. All the worlds put together is so nothing um, to his to his true infinite self that it's possible that he should forget about it. Conceptually, it would be possible, like you say, someone remembers something that's very small and tiny. So you're telling him to remember. So we're revoking by Hashem the memory of this world that he should that he should that he should re-engage and re-involve himself. However, we explain that in order to draw Hashem and so to speak, coax him into the relationship, excite him, sort of like turn him on to be to want to be involved with us. In order for us to do that, we need to reach him already when he is in a state that's completely above and above and above any kind of 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 relationship with the creation whatsoever. Which means that Hashem withdraws beyond the spherotic range, and if Hashem withdraws beyond the spherotic range, we can't use anything that's, that's 
stemming from the, the spherot in order to reach out to him, we have to reach his essence because that's where he's retracting to, to his essence. So as we, reach, as we reach his essence, how do we reach his essence? So we need to reach his essence from our essence. It's essence to essence. From our essence, we reach his essence. And he explains that that's why we use the instrument of Rosh Hashanah is a shofar, which the shofar is a simple sound. And when he explained, it's a pure sound of the heart. Usually, all of our inspiration, all of our requests, all of our desires, and also with Hashem, our reproach and our reaching for the divine, which we're doing every day. We're praying, we're doing mitzvahs, we're studying Torah. We're constantly reaching for the divine. But our reaching for the divine usually is all stimulated by our mental appreciation or mental cognition of God's truth and God's greatness and Hashem's value and our value of that relationship. And based on that, we get excited. So our excitement is based on the intellect, based on the mind. And that's what creates words. That's where words come from. And that's when, when, we, when we have a request to draw close to Hashem that's coming from our intellectual perception of Hashem's greatness, then we use words. But in Rosh Hashanah, that, will, that won't be, that won't be um, successful. Because to approach God sophisticated on Rosh Hashanah is not the way it is. On Rosh Hashanah, we have to cry like a simple baby. It's a simple cry, a cry of the heart. Because the heart, really, the, the essence of the heart transcends the mind. Last week we learned that on some level, the heart is lower than the mind. But that's only the external part of the heart. Which means our regular day-to-day emotional attachments, emotions and excitements, they are lower than the mind because the mind produces them. The mind directs them. The mind guides them and so on and so forth. But then there are true, essential, deep, deep things. For example, our attachment to life, our attachment to our children. These are deep, instinctive things that are just rooted at your very, very core essence. And over there, the mind getting in the way, the mind only ruins it in a sense. The mind only diminishes it. The mind only makes it less, doesn't, doesn't enhance it. it might sometimes even, it, can, it, can, it, can, it, can, it, it weakens it. And over here in our case, since we need to reach Hashem at His very core, we need to, first of all, the question is, how can anybody reach God if at that level nothing exists but Him? So the whole thing is a silly it's a silly thing. Like, how can you even reach Hashem when Hashem is in this transcendent, infinite, elevated, ain't-self state where the worlds are meaningless? He hasn't even choose, chosen to create them yet. So what are, you, what, are you, what are you reaching Him? And the answer is, a creation can't reach Him. The only one who can reach Him is an Ishama, because an Ishama is not a creation. An Ishama is a chelek alakai, is a piece of God from above put into the creation. But it's really, it's really Hashem. We can only trigger God from, our, from only a neshama. But our neshamas are encased in a human. Our neshamas are divine, but they're encased in a human. And generally the human is a filter. The human, usually we operate not in pure soul energy. We don't usually operate in pure soul consciousness. We operate through our human facilities. And even our neshama, which means even our holy exercises, our holy activities, our holy experiences, are all filtered through our human mind, through seichel. 
But that's not the pure divinity of the soul. The, the pure, what we might call the pure naked soul. The soul in its, in its essence, stripped from all externalities. The soul at its most deepest point doesn't reside in the brain, it resides in the heart. In a pure, inexplicable desire and want to be unified with God. That's the sound of the shofar. The shofar is the pure cry of the neshama, God, I want to be in relationship with you. That's the cry. And he explains how that cry comes in two levels. It comes first in a piercing cry, then a person sighs and breaks down. And the breaking down has two parts to it, first sighing and then sobbing. And that's the sound. But then after you have the two sounds, the three sounds of the shofar, you have again the simple sound. What's the simple sound? Simple sound is Hashem responding also from his innermost of his heart. Which means God reestablishes his relationship with the creation, not based on intellectual reasoning. Because that doesn't get, that's not, the, that's not at the core. See, 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 this is great. The Abishnah does not relate to the world based on, you know, doing a math and calculation and seeing the, the it's worth it for him. You know, doing a, 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 some kind of, do, doing his accounting. Based on that, we would have been lost a long time ago. God, is, God gets re-engaged in the world because he's crazy about us. Sorry for saying that. That's what it is. He just, he, he just loves us. He loves us like a father loves a child. child loves a father. It's irrational. And that's what it is. Over here, it's, when we say over here, we don't, usually when we say irrational, it means silly. But then there's, there's something called super rational. It's higher than any reasoning and understanding. And that's where Hashem... Re- rejoins the creation every year. It's not a, a. That's why the mind sometimes is so is so ridiculous to try to understand the nature of existence with your intellect, because the, because creation wasn't born out of intelligence. Even though God created it through His intelligence, but His deepest oomph in making it is not really rational. And therefore, to try to understand anything in creation and in existence with intellect, it, it has its limits. It's not going to get you to the very end. Ultimately, it's a bond that transcends all reason. And when we say that bond is not with creation, that bond is with the Jewish souls. And that's what we have to reach out from and with, and, and with on Rosh Hashanah to call Hashem back into His relationship with the world. That's our simple cry of the, of the shofar. So it calls Hashem also back from a place higher than reason. Hashem too is just shouting, so to speak. Or crying out with a simple sound, not sophisticated. And that, that's the simple sound of Hashem answering. We, we call out with shofar, and Hashem answers with a shofar. Then, then he says, by the way, once we do this, what it also accomplishes it, is all the mitzvot that we do all year long, if there has been any deficiencies in our mitzvah observance throughout the year, which those mitzvah observances all are related to the channels through which Hashem channels Himself down into the creation. But how does Hashem channel Himself into the creation? Through all the divine attributes, through the sefirot and the attributes and His names and so on and so forth. Every mitzvah intensifies the flow of divine energy into some specific aspect of creation from some specific aspect of the divine attributes. That's what a mitzvah does. So and that's why all mitzvahs are rooted in one of the four letters of God, Yudke, Vavke, or that's 
all mitzvahs, and then they get more detailed than all the other names that Hashem has. The sages also tell us that the, that the Torah is all names of Hashem. So it's all part of that channeling, the channeling of the divine into the world. When we fail to do mitzvahs, we cause some kind of deficiency in the life flow of the world. In chas v'shalom, God forbid, we do an avera, we cause a certain breakdown in the system. We break, we cause all kinds of blemishes and these attributes and the like. So in order to fix it on Rosh Hashanah, instead of repiping all the pipes, just working in the, and fixing, we transcend the entire system and we reach God Himself. That's all the attributes of the Ebeshter. On Rosh Hashanah, through the shofar, we're doing tshuva, we're reaching Hashem Himself. And when we call forth God Himself, which that cry of the shofar is higher than all the mitzvahs. Because the mitzvahs reach Hashem's features. The, the, um, the shofar reaches Hashem's at His deepest point. And when we call forth with the shofar from our deep depth, mimamakim, from the depth of the soul to the depth of God, then we call forth this new light, and this, in one second, this new light fills all these, all the deficiency. Because once you bring in this powerful, infinite light, which is Hashem Himself, is infinite, and that is enough energy to fill all the lacking that chas v'shalom has happened as a result of any kind of sin or, or, or negligence or something that was lacking in our week. So on one day Rosh Hashanah, we can make up a year's of, of uh, that's why it's so powerful today. That's basically what we learned in the previous class. I'm just going to get a little water here. Okay, so we're holding page 118, Pereke. All of this is the shofar of Rosh Hashanah. And remember, in the beginning of the Maimur, he asked a very good question. He asked the question, it says, that Mashiach will come, you talk about shofar gadol, they're going to blow with a big shofar. And he asked the question in the Maimur, what's the difference if it's a small shofar or a big shofar? Who cares the size of the shofar? What does it mean? And then all those that are lost in the land of Ashur or those that are cast in the land of Egypt, they're going to come down and they're going to come back and they're going to bow down to Hashem. So when it calls, so he's explaining, now he's coming to go and explain this great shofar that's going to be when Mashiach comes. And it calls, all of this is the shofar of Rosh Hashanah. Shalzen Nemar, on this it says, that God... Hashem blows with a shofar on Rosh Hashanah. So it says, Hashem blows. That means, as we spoke earlier, that our shofar is, is meant to elicit Hashem's reciprocation, that He too is committing Himself to the world with that beyond intellect, beyond chachma, the desire that He wants a relationship. So Hashem is responding also with a simple sound. So Hashem is blowing. However, even this great high revelation of Hashem Himself, He's going to explain that it's not today's days we're reaching the infinite light, Hashem in His transcendent state, but not the essence of the infinite. We're reaching the more external part of the infinite. When Mashiach comes, the essence of the infinite, the true essence of Hashem Himself will be revealed. 
So there's two levels in that shofar revelation. There's the shofar that we can access today, and there's the shofar that's going to reveal the shofar gadol in the big shofar. And only the shofar gadol, which is the ultimate shofar, it, when we say it's called the shofar gadol, he's going to explain why it's called a large shofar. When Mashiach comes, it says, It will be on that day you talk about Shofar Gadol. He will blow with a great Shofar. We've already explained Indian Shofar, the Rosh Hashanah. The idea of the Shofar of Rosh Hashanah. We want to draw down the Mamalek Kalalmin. That means we want to draw down Hashem's indwelling light. Mamalek Kalalmin, Hashem's indwelling light. That meaning that the particular kingship of God, like we spoke earlier, that Hashem meticulously involves Himself into all the details of creation to create them and to sustain them. That's the idea of the Mamalak Alamin. That's a source of time and space and all the like. We want to bring back, we want to bring about the coming about of the Ebershtus Malchus. You say before me verses of kingship chulu, and so and that sustains the creation. In addition to that, what do we accomplish when we bring down this new light to form what we speak a new regeneration in the in the mamalakalam and a new Hashem has a new interest in being a king, a new interest in kingship. The chain is It also fills all the blemishes. Shanasu b'shem havaya which happened in the Yutke Vavke, because in general, the Yutke, even though primarily the Mamala Kalalman is called Malchus, is the Mamali, but really all the ten spherot are part of the Mamali. Even from Chachma, is also already called Mamali. The Yutke Vavke, which represents the Yud is Chachma, the He is Bina, the Vav is the six emotions, and finally the latter He is Malchus, they are all preparatory stages to bring down to Malchus. It's all part of the process of Hashem filtering His infinite light and condensing it through the creation. That's the Yud Kei So what we're trying to do on Rosh Hashanah through the Shoifer is regenerate the Yud Kei anew. So that's all. So, so by doing that, we fix all the blemishes that happened in last year's Yud that has occurred and that has happened in the Shem Avaya and the Yud of the Hishtalshalos of this progressive chain, progressive order. Shugam Mamala, which is also the Mamala Kalamakinisqal, as we said earlier. Yud Bachachma. Yud is Chachma, that's already the beginning of the Mamala Kalaman. Yud is wisdom, hey is bina, and so forth. And where are we drawing it forth? We're from we know what we're drawing forth. We're drawing forth Hashem to invest himself again in the details of our lives. We want Hashem to give this person parnasa, this person health, this person uh, whatever else they need. Every person gets everything we should get filled. Hashem should involve himself in everything. But from where are we drawing that? From the infinite, from the place where he has withdrawn to. Remember, the indwelling light has retracted and reabsorbed itself in what? In the encompassing infinite light. So the Hamshachihi, and where are we drawing it from? From the Sovet, from the encompassing light. Shuhu Ratzana Elyum, which is the supernal will. Through this, so now he re- refills with a new flow, Kol Shaman, all of his names. His names is the Mamala Kalaman. From the Sovet Kalaman, from the greater source, we, f- we fill all the channels. We replenish all the channels, which means we replenish all of Hashem's names. They're all re- refueled and re- re- 
and that's the idea of shoifer, of our shoifer that we have today. Where he explains this. However, with all of this, even though it is so awesome, it is so powerful, it is so strong, it is called plain shofar. The loy shofar, God, it's not called the large shofar. It's not called the great shofar. The Indian and the reason is, and the idea is as follows. Because even the encompassing levels of Hashem, even though it is something that is not enclosed and grasped in the worlds. And it's the level of Hashem on which we say, He doesn't change. Meaning, the Mamalakalam and the Shekhinah is very much impacted by, by both creating the world and by the occurrences that are happening within creation. The Shekhinah is very much impacted by that because she's imbuing herself into, she's intimately involving herself into the details of creation. The Soiviv Kalalman, the encompassing higher transcendental light, that doesn't change. Neither by creating the worlds, it's as if creation never happened because he's infinitely beyond it. And also, by the occurrences that happen in the world, it doesn't change him at all. Because he's beyond it. That's the Soiviv Kalalman. So even though the Soviv Kalalman is so great, and that's what we're touching when we're blowing shofar. From there is where we're drawing down new light. Kim of Ulamail has explained earlier, Im kol zeh, nevertheless, since after everything is said and done, we refer to this light as sovev. What does sovev mean? Circling or transcending. But the fact that we're calling it transcending, what is that a sign? That, that it has somewhat of a relationship that we can even say that it transcends. Transcends meaning that there is, this is transcending that. So there is some kind of a, somewhat of, of, of a comparison. And therefore it can't be God Himself. Because God Himself, you can't even say that He transcends or that He's infinitely bigger. Because to Him, He's not within the context at all of worlds that we should even talk about it that He's infinitely bigger than the world. So the sovev is too already an energy that is has a, has somewhat even even though so remote sheba remote sheba remote a connection, but yet a connection. It has a somewhat of a connection to the creation. It's not what we call. It's not Hashem Himself. So im It is the sovev of a mark of and it encompasses the worlds. Im kain who begeder bechenas alman is within the context of worlds. He gives an example. The Sovev and the Mamalek Alman are sometimes referred to. The Sovev is called Shamayim, heaven. And the Mamalek is called Aretz, earth. Even though the Mamalek Alman is what creates the heavens. The, the heavens, as we know it, our sky and all the heavens that there are, are all created only from the Mamalek Alman because after all we're talking about a finite creation. So even the heavens are finite, so they're created by the limiting self-limitation that Hashem has limited His light to create both the heavens and the earth. Beresh is bara Elokim, Elokim is Malchus, it created Esa Shomayim, the heaven, the Esa Aretz, and the earth. Yet, if you remember a few weeks ago, we learned that heaven and earth referred to in, when we learned about the two witnesses, remember just a few weeks ago, we learned about two witnesses, we said heaven and earth, so the earth is the Mamalek Alman, and heaven is the Sovev. So we're using the heaven and earth as symbolic 
for the mamale and the solvev, even though our physical heaven comes from the mamale, not from the solvev, comes from the mamale. But the solvev kalaman is reflected in our heaven. It's reflected. And how do you see that? You look at the heaven, the heavens surround the earth, all around. And the, and the heavens are way, way, way larger than the earth. The earth is just a tiny little speck in the universe, in the heavens. Right? And it's surrounded by the whole right, endless heaven. Oh, so that's why it's an example, it's a metaphor. Heaven and earth is metaphoric, not only metaphoric, ultimately the heaven is derived from the Soviet Kalalman and the earth is derived from the Mamale. So the, and practically in the actual creation of it, Mamale creates our heaven. But in, in Indian, in concept, our heaven is symbolic and is, is, is nurturing. Its content is from the Soviet Kalam. So but when we look at heaven and earth, we see that, as we said earlier, there's no comparison. Earth, as he says over here, is not even a mustard seed. It's like a little tiny speck of a speck in the, compared to the heavens. Okay? Yet, but they still have somewhat of a relationship. Because the earth is still, you can still speak about size. It's a infinitesimally small, tiny nothing. But it's still, this is much larger. Eh, way larger. But yet there is some, something to talk about in terms of the relationship. Because after all, heaven and the skies, the universe is surrounding the earth. So, it's like you see heaven and earth. The heavens encompass the earth. And all that are on it. And they surround around the earth all the time. Even though heaven is much higher than earth. Until the earth Until the earth is only like a little tiny mustard seed. Compared to the heaven, nevertheless, they have some kind of a comparison one to the other. Until it is, uh, it is, um, it is uh, necessary. That even the heavens have some kind of a tachlis, at some time an end. You know, the heavens also have an end. Since they're the encompassing of the earth. Nevertheless, notwithstanding their little tiny Thai kind of relationship, the heavens are still way above the earth. And similar to this, we'll understand Gamke. Hanimsha will also find the, the metaphor. When we talk about the transcendental encompassing energy of God versus the indwelling um, imminence of God within creation, the Mamala Kalaman, which are the Afapi, even though even though the Soviv Kalaman is a level of Ain Sof, not like our heaven. It's truly Ain Sof. It's really Ain Sof. In comparison to the little ray of God that encloses itself in the world, Leos Mamala Kalaman, to be their life giving, indwelling light. And not like in the physical. In the physical, the heavens are truly limited. In the spiritual content of, of, of what really the heavens mean, that they're the Soviet Kalama, it's truly infinite. So it's not like physical. It's not like in the physical, that the heavens have literally an end. But nevertheless, 
even though it's truly infinite, since it is encompassing, and Soviv Kalaman also generates energy to the, to the world, it also influences and is a source of life to the world, from its transcendental detached state, at least in, as an encompasser, an encompassing influence, but nevertheless, it has some kind of an erech, some kind of a relationship to the world. But the Eidish, this very self, is completely separated from any kind of context of worlds. The Eidish himself can't, is above, above, and you can't even say about him that he is encompassing the worlds. Oh, oh, so, so, seems to be completely out of reach. Completely out of reach. So give up on it. Nah. What does the Rebbe say? God himself, he's going to reveal himself when Mashiach comes. When Mashiach comes, which we're holding by the threshold of it right now, the so, not just the Soviet Kalama, what is higher than the Soviet? This is the atmos, the essence of God Himself is going to reveal Himself at the coming of Mashiach. For behold, it says in the Pasuk, Hallelujah, we say praise God. We say an interesting thing. We say, Hallelujah, praise Him. Kirov Goidloi, according to the abundance of His greatness. Very interesting, weird wording over here. Very strange wording. Praise Him according to the abundance of His greatness. If anything, it should be praise Him according to the greatness of His greatness. What's this abundance of His greatness? Greatness is not shaykh to say abundance of greatness. Greatness is one entity. It's not like a many that you say abundance of greatness. So what does that mean? You can say abundance of money. What's abundance of greatness? So therefore we say, no, no, no. Even when we speak about God's greatness, which greatness means His infinite expansion, that He goes on and on and on, infinite, in the infinity of God, there's many, many, many levels, many tiers, higher and higher and higher. And, and even though the lower, if it's called truly great, means it's infinite, because if it wouldn't be infinite, it wouldn't be great. The real greatness of the air is Ain Sof, yet in Ain Sof itself, there is levels of Ain Sof, which is very hard to understand. But so it is. And that's the meaning of roiv gudloi, many levels of greatness. So the regular Soviet kalalman in which we draw down our Rosh Hashanah is, 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 is from a certain level of the Soviet kalalman of the level of greatness. We draw down that infinite light into the indwelling light. We do that through the shofar. But that's a regular shofar, that's not the shofar gadol. The shofar gadol is from his true, true, true essential greatness, which is Hashem Himself that has that we can't even say about him in any way whatsoever that he has any kind of even the most remote relationship to the worlds, which means to, to our existence, and yet he chooses to be in a relationship. He doesn't have any, the worlds don't have any context, any meaning, any significance to him at all, at all, at all, zero, 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 and yet he himself wants to be in a relationship with us. And when is that going to happen that he's going to be revealed to us down here? When Mashiach comes 
And that's going to be the shofar gadol, the great shofar that's going to blow when Mashiach is coming. So let's see. There are many types of greatness. Is that one higher than the other? Until there's literally no end. And that's why it says, good light to the abundance of his greatness. It doesn't say, according to the greatness of his greatness. And that which is now considered transcendent and above and incomprehensible and unknowable even to the highest celestial beings, when Mashiach will come, that infinite transcendental light is going to become our mamalakalamit. In other words, the worlds are going to expand. That what is now so vague is going to be considered. We're going to have the capacity to absorb that, process that, understand that, and become that. Because we're taking it all in. The sovave is now is becoming an indwelling light. But what's going to happen is a higher level that till now we couldn't even call it sovave because it was so high, much higher, is going to become the new heaven. When, when the heavens are going to be swallowed up in earth, because heaven is going to come down into earth, let's put it this way, when the heavens are going to come down into earth, and, or rather the earths are going to open up to be able to receive the heavens, a whole new level of heaven is going to descend. And that's going to become heaven. So, you see what I'm saying? Where the word, everything is going to be upgraded. So the, what was previous mamale, sorry, sovev, above the world, is going to be now mamale, filling the world. And then a higher level is going to be come down and come to sovev. So now, yeah, and that which is now in a state of sovev, surrounding omakiv and encompassing is galaliosit, is going to be revealed in the future, to become an internal type of life. And this is the idea of and it will be on that day. In this verse we say, it will be, on that day, will be blown in the great shoifer. What is the meaning of this word? So he says, when ahu is going to become day. Listen to this. Hahu, the word ahu, who means somebody that's not here. What does who mean? Who means him? When, when someone is in front of me, what do we say? I say, ata you. When the person is not here, what do we say? Him. So, yoimahu means, uh, hahu. Hahu means the level that is not revealed. The level that's now what we call sovev. It's above our minds, it's above our understanding. We, it's higher than all the worlds. That's called ahu. Vahoya will be when, when by yoimahu, when the ahu is going to become yom, it's going to become day, which means we're going to be able to appreciate it, understand it. Then there is going to be a taka for gadol. Then a higher level of the of the essence of God is going to be drawn down. So let's see. It's similar to what it says. You will say This is our God. So in that pasuk it says it even stronger. It will be on the time when Ahu is going to become Yom. So therefore you're going to be able to say to that which was once Ahu, that, the one that's not here, you're going to be able to point with your finger and say, This is my power. This is who he is. I can see him, sense him, feel him. That is hidden. Which is the soyviv. It's written in the book of, of Sifra Ditznius, which is a part of Zohar. Soyviv Parshas Truma, it says in Truma. 
Hu asado. He created us. He made us. So the Zohar says over there, He who ikri who is called man desasim, someone that's hidden, and he's not available, meaning he's not present, he's someone hidden. is going to be when Mashiach comes. He's going to be in a tangible Zedig estate, in a way that we can point with our finger, which means it's going to be revealed directly in front of us. Now look in the Zohar Pasha Shalach Me'inyan Bayoy Mahu. Look in that Zohar where it discusses this. Over Paradei Shah Yudalit Perigimel. Look also in Paradei Shah Yudalit. Vehine Oz and then Kashayum Shach Pchenesoyvev Kolalme. And when the Soyvev Kolalme will be drawn down. Liyoyz Pchenes Giluy. And when the Soyvev is going to come down to be revealed, Mamish Oz Yum Shach Pchenesoyvev Me Pchenes Al Yoyne Yoyser. Then we're going to get a higher Soyvev. In other words, as the sovev, the encompassing light, is going to become the mamali light, so we're going to get a new heaven. The sovev then is going to be from a level that doesn't have any relationship to the world at all. This is the idea. There's a pasuk that says that when Mashiach comes, Hashem says He's going to make a new heavens. The new heavens, but over there it adds two words, Asherani Oise, that I am making. What does that mean? That the heavens when Mashiach will come, God Himself will make. But hold it, the heavens that we have now, God didn't make. God made the heavens now as well. No. The heavens today are made by God's hands, they're not made by God Himself. It says in Beferish Apostle, it says, Af Yadi my hands spread out the heavens. So it wasn't made by Ani, it wasn't made by Hashem Himself, it was made by His attributes, by His hands, hands are every attributes. But the new heaven that Mashiach is going to suddenly roll itself out when Mashiach comes, heaven meaning that encompassing new light that is going to encompass all of the worlds and all of existence is going to be from a level of God Himself, Ani, Hashem Himself, not His attributes, not, a, not Shaykh to His hands. So that's what he's saying now. Is it, what? It's from the innermost of the Ein Sof. Even the Soviv is also called Ein Sof. From the innermost of the Ein Sof. That's the emanator himself. Which isn't the case with the heavens today. All these my hands have made. And the difference between my hands making, that I myself am making, will be understood based on what it says in that mimer in regards to Esther. Over there in that mimer, which is a Gvaldiga mimer, he discusses the difference between. Touching Vayiga Barosha Sharvit, when Esther comes, she touches the end of the Sharvit, of the scepter of the king. And then Vayoshet Amelech, the king stretches out to her the entire scepter, I think. Something like that he explains. There's a difference between touching the tip of the scepter or the entire scepter, which means you're connecting to Hashem himself. Ein Shom Gam came in and then what will happen then when, when this will be revealed? Yitaka, he will blow b'shoi for Godo with a great, great shofar. What does that mean? Pidish. Just like the shofar that we have now, 
You're drawing forth from the encompassing transcendental energy of God into the indwelling light of Hashem. King Gamla Asit Love, so will also be in that deeper shofar where Mashiach will come. Shayum Shachmet Pchenis El Yoyna Harbi Yoser, it will come down from a much higher level, Liyos Pchenasoyvev, in order for him to become a Sovev. He's going to come down from infinitely beyond Sovev to become Sovev. As a Gamkein Hashoyfar Yia Hamshacha, Mepchenis Madreg El Yoyna Atsumahi. So that shofar is going to be from a much, much, much higher level, far more powerful level. It's interesting. Now, the soyvev is creating the mamale every year. Then we're going to have to recreate a new soyvev, not a new mamale. When Mashiach will come, there will have to be a whole new soyvev kalal, not a new mamale kalal. Mamale kalal happens every year of Shoshana. But when Mashiach comes, it's like, what I'm saying is it's, it's, it's more than a paradigm shift. It's an existential Expansion. It's an existential transition moving the, all of the worlds into an entire different reality in which reality is going to... And what I'm saying is our very backdrop of our existence is going to be completely on a whole different level. To the point, what I'm saying is that what's going to change is not just our intellect, understanding, much richer. All these things are just changes in the mamale. When your soyvev changes, what does that mean? It's, I don't have a better word, it's, it's a metamorphosis on such a level. It's much more, I'm using paradigm shift because I don't have another word to say. But it's, paradigm shift is very weak for this. Because it's, it's like, I don't even know what it's like. Because you can't, you can't describe this. The change the, the upgrade is going to be on a complete different, 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 totally different, higher, higher, higher level. And that's that shoifer, Eham Shacha from Atzmus, from God's very essence, to draw forth a new soivev, not a new mamali. From that very high level. That's why it's called a large shoifer. Because it's a hamshacha, it's a flow. We're starting second column on page 118. From a level that's not within the context of worlds at all, as we said earlier. And to his greatness is unfathomable. Much, much higher from the hamshacha from the hamshacha of the ordinary shofar. He's, now, in order to understand, he says, when we say we're going to blow with the big shofar, it doesn't only mean only when Mashiach comes. On Rosh Hashanah, when Mashiach comes, we're going to blow with a big shofar. Meaning, it's not stamp. Most people learn this passage. When? Whenever that's going to be. You talk about shofar gadol. Whenever. Whenever Mashiach is going to come. Mashiach is supposed to come whenever. So let's say Mashiach comes in the month of Adar, or the month of Nisan, the actual. So that's when the shofar gadol is going to blow. But he's connecting it now to Rosh Hashanah too. Then when Mashiach comes, when we recreate the world every year, we're not going to be using a regular shofar, we're using a shofar, a shofar gadol. Because within Mashiach himself, he's going higher and higher, and we're using a large shofar, because we're, we're drawing down much, much, much higher levels. So, for behold, mitzvahs will not be bottled, they will not be nullified in the future.
So yeah, the Tzemach Tzedek asks the question, the Gemara says, says, where it seems like it says that mitzvahs will be bottled when Mashiach comes. But the Sidre Tahara and his Chidushim brings in the name of the Rajba and the Ran that really it doesn't mean that mitzvahs are bottled. So mitzvahs will not be bottled. I didn't check this up, so I don't know. I actually didn't check anything up today. I didn't have time to prepare this. I feel really bad. I just skimmed through it very quickly. But in any case, but however, even though the mitzvahs are not the bottle, which means we're going to continue doing mitzvahs, including the shofar, after Mashiach comes. However, it's not going to be in the manner as it is now. Shetoiken, today's days, we blow malchiyizichronos. Today's days, first we pronounce Hashem as a king. Then we also add verses of remembrance. And we explained earlier what that means. Because we need to draw Hashem's indwelling light. And that indwelling light is His kingship. We have to refresh His kingship. And we do that by telling, and we recognize that that is only so insignificant, that that needs to be remembered. Remembered, zoche, remembrance. And then, and then we do shofar as well. And in order to add the umph and to really make it happen, we, we take out the shofar, that powerful instrument. We blow our essence of our neshama out through the shofar, crying out to God from the core of our being. And, and, Avala Asad, lover, when Mashiach comes, yes, shofar is bilvat. When Mashiach comes, there will be only shofar. The nikra gam lekach, and this is another reason why it's called shofar gadol in a large shofar. Because today's days we have three things: we have malchiyos, zechroinos, and shofar. When Mashiach comes, we're only going to do shofros. We're not going to do anything else. We don't have to do. Why not malchus? Why shouldn't we do malchus? I mean, I understand we have to accomplish something. I understand we have to accomplish something higher than Malchias. But why not Malchias? Don't we, have to, don't we have to draw forth the Mamale as well? I think the answer is, he doesn't say it explicitly, because at that state, we're going to be living in a union with God that's higher than, Mal, than Malchus. Because Malchus means that God is, that there is a creation other than Hashem. And God is a king over it. But once already the Soviet Kalam, once Mashiach comes and Hashem has a dira b'tachtonim, which means God Himself is revealed in the world, the creations are just a, are so unified with Him that you can't call Him a king over them. He's not a king anymore. It's just one with Him. So at this point, there's no, there's no malchiyos anymore. At least not in the sense that we know malchus. Fatah, moving up here now, and it will be understood based on what we said earlier. Ki now, tzarech li now we need to have the hamshacha that flow into the mamale, the indwelling light. That's why we have to say kingship, so that we should make him a king. And now another thing is, as we're doing that, to make God king, and in this kingship, since we are independent beings who have free choice to serve him and not to serve him, there are blemishes. And we need to repair those blemishes. And part of the shofar is to do tshuva for all the blemishes that we've done and refill the light with that gushing flow that we spoke about earlier. The hamshacha, that's what he adds now. And also the hamshacha is, is to fill all the blemishes. But after Mashiach comes, there won't be any more blemishes anymore. Because we won't even be in a state of disconnect at all. So we can't even have any blemishes. We're just one with him. There's no disconnect. There's no free choice anymore. 
Over then we're just filled with the awareness of Hashem. Which isn't the case when Mashiach comes. What is now is the Sovev. Yumshach Begilu is going to be fully revealed. In the Mamalakalam, which by the way means we know, let's understand something. This, this itself, that since when Mashiach comes, the Sovev is going to be Mamale, could be, I'm saying a pshat over here. But it could be, this is what it means. We know in Hasidus it is explained in many places that technically God could have created the world without a mamalakalaman. Hashem could have just wanted, without speaking every creature and out, without specifying with ten, act, with ten statements the world, He could have just wished the world into existence and we all would have, it would have been the same physical world. We would have all existed if He wished us into existence. The only difference is if he wouldn't, if he doesn't create us through speech, and he creates us through the sovev, through the wishing, then the content of our existence that we would feel is we are the fulfillment of his wish. We wouldn't feel ourselves that we have content in who we are. We wouldn't be a somebody. We would just be an expression of his wish. Then we couldn't have free choice. Because then we would feel in every fiber of our being that we are nothing more the fulfillment of him. So what kind of what kind of I? There's no I there, there's only him. So there wouldn't be any Bechira. So therefore the Eivishter didn't create the world through wishing into, into existence. He created the world through speaking it into existence. The speech means he's allowing us our own space to be ourselves. And now he's talking to us, but he's allowing us to be somebody. That's the world until Mashiach comes. But once we did through all the Torah and mitzvahs, we invited him, we purified the world. We've accomplished whatever we needed to accomplish through Bechira Chavshas, through free will. Now the soyvev is going to be revealed in the mamale. So what does that mean? That means that the content of every creature is going to be nothing more than this is God's will. That's going to be the content. So it's not going to be shaykh to obey or to disobey. We're all going to be naturally godly beings. Naturally expressing, living our godly potential as a wish, as the ultimate fulfillment of the Ebershter's desire. So number one, there's no malchiyos then. There's no kingship. Because it's not an, an entity of kingship anymore. It's going way beyond kingship. There's no pigamim. There's no blemishes to fill. Because it's not shaykh for us to blemish anything. Because we're living in this holy oneness with God. So we're not missing. We can't miss out on anything. We're living our full potential. Which is our full godly potential. And number three. Um, it's, it, you don't need zechronos. Because what's zechronos? He said before. God is remembering this insignificant ray. But now it's no more an insignificant ray. Now the worlds are attached to the Soviv Kalam, which the Soviv is infinite. So it's not an insignificant way, ray. It's far more attached to Him. So He can't forget it. We're one with Him. Forgetting is only that, that little ray that makes us tiny and insignificant and removed, separated from Him. Now, that's something. That's Luchura, the, the beer over here. That's what I'm thinking. We don't need the Malchias and we don't need Zechroinos. All we're going to need is the What we do need is, we need a revelation from Atmos, from God's very self, to bring us a new soiviv kalam and a new ratzon, a new will, a new that that yeah, nikra but it's called a big shofar. Hagam de beem a great shofar. Hagam de beem is called shofar. Even though every shofar who gilui pnimius is the revelation of Hashem's pnimius, Hashem's pnimius is the 
transcendental infinite light. As it says by all shoifar, Blessed, how fortunate is a people that know how to blow. And the main emphasis is the second half of the Pasuk. Hashem Hashem, with the light of your countenance, we will go. With the light of your countenance, we will go. Oh, so what's that? The light of the Abishta's countenance. That means the oil of the Pneumius. That means that every shofar is bringing oil panecha, the light of your Pneumius. Not an external ray. That's why Hashem can't forget about it. What he can forget about is an external ray. This is his Pneumius. Uksiv, and it says, and the light of your face. Kirat sisam, that you have wanted them. This is the supernal rotsen of Hashem, a revelation of the Abishta's rotsen. Which is called his face. Which is the innermost of his godliness. Which is the soivev. So, so we have that in every shoifer. So not every shoifer reveals this. I'm going to skip. He brings over here a bunch of uh, relations to this idea of Panim, but we're going to skip the parentheses over here. About five, six lines later. This is called regular shoifer. But the future shoifer. Is not just going to be in his galos, a revelation of God's desire, but it's going to be a revelation of the desire of all desires. Of the, the, there's something called desire, and then there's something called the desire of all desires. A far deeper core essential desire. That's the rotsen. It is the source for all desires. It is much higher than the pnimius that we spoke earlier. That is drawn now. That's what we said earlier. This is above. It is even higher than the Soviet Kalam. And therefore it's called Shaifer Godal, a great Shaifer Shalomailam Epchenes Pneumius. It's higher than the Pneumius of the Saiviv, the Hainer Rotsen, Elian Stam, Hanikrashofer. The regular supernal will that we draw forth through our regular shofar that we blow now and during the time of the exile, during the current times, we're, br- we're blowing the regular shofar which is bringing down Hashem's will. Stam, Kiub, Chenes. But this is higher because this is the will of all wills. Also, look what we say earlier. What is higher than soivev? And that mimery explains that there is soivev, which is like garments, are called the soivev, and there is a house is called soivev to the soivev. It's even higher than the soivev. Over there, he explains that there's three necessities to a person. There is food. That's the mamalikalamin. You take it in. There are garments, that's the sovev. And then there is a house, your home, shelter, which is the sovev to the sovev. So this is paralleling these three madregas that we're talking about now. It's higher than shem havaya. That's what it's called, it's called his great name. So similar to that, we can say also Shoifer Gadol, that it's higher than any Yudke Vavke, than any kind of a Tzimtzum. That his name is called Ratzon. Shmoi, the word Shmoi, the Mekobalim say is Gematria Ratzon. 
So if we say Shmoy Hagadol, it means Ratzon Hagadol, his great will. It fits with what we said before, that this will is the will of all wills. In Parshas B'Shalach, it describes that even Ratzon has some kind of a tzimtzum, some kind of a contraction. That's why Ratzon is gemat. If you take the word Ratzon and you rearrange the letters of the word Ratzon, you have the word Tzinor. Tzinor means a pipe. That a Ratzon is also not just an outpouring of someone's soul as it is. Ratzon is also coming through some kind of a filter. It's a much lesser filter than the filter of the mind. In general, every Ratzon means I want. You got the entire person in that Ratzon. But yet, the fact that it's expressing itself in something specific is already means that it's already condensing, it's contracting, it's limiting, it's... That's Ratzon. But then you have Ratzon Sheberatzon. What's called Raiva de Koraiva, the will of all wills. There you have the expression of the essential I without any tzimtzumim, without any contractions. And that's the idea of shofar gadol. It's the pnimius of the pnimius. The will of all wills. That's his great name. And this is what it also says in the future. When it talks about kibbutz galios, that the gathering of the exile is going to be with this great shofar. That means, oy vey, 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 when it comes time, we spoke about it on Monday night, remember on Monday we spoke about Hashem Himself coming down to gather the exiles. God Himself is shav, Hashem alokech, Hashem Himself is going to come down. Take a look what we're saying over here. Berachmem gedolem, with great mercy, it uses again the word gadol. Because this rachmim is not rachamim related to any level, not even the sovev. This rachmim is coming from Atzmus himself, from the pnimius of the Abishter that infinitely is above, above, above. It doesn't even have any shaykhs to the world. It's this rachmim is stemming from this great shofar, the, sh- the future shofar, the great shofar, is going to be the channel in through God's innermost infinite mercy is going to come pouring down to pick up every Jew and pull him out, extract him from that exile and lift him up and bring him to, back to, to Hashem. Shemam shepchenas rachmem gedoylem it brings these rachmem gedoylem v'ayim ezep reyemem the parashas teitzei where pidusha ramaz look in the portion of Zohar called reyemem look in the pidush of the ramaz sham where bekisei melech and the pidush bekisei melech also, in Kisei Melech, Pidish, over there he explains, Rachmem Gedoylem, or Pnimius Atik. The Pnimius of Atik, which is the innermost of the crown. Which is consistent with what we're saying over here. It says in regards to Mila, it says that Mila is so great that 13 Brisim, so it also comes from this very high place. Also, use the word Gedola. Gedola means great. Okay. Again, this is a bunch of ions. Look over here and so forth. But I want to go. Oh, 
just, just the words, you know, three lines before that. Valpiza, and based on this, Yuvam will be understood the Shaykh. It is Shaykh. Shebepchinas bayoimahu. That on that day, Dainu bepchinas ki godol yoim, that great day, Yitaka b'shoifer godol, that's when this great shofar is going to be revealed, Daik. Fezeu inyin keroiv gudloi, from his higher greatness is going to be revealed, Kana. Okay. Even if you didn't follow these last lines, say there. Fezeu gam came, but look over here, now over here. Degal b'shoifer stam ksiv, this is also another explanation. This will also give us understanding. That in the regular shofar that we blow now, currently, even when God responds, it uses Hashem's name. It says, Va'adna Havaya, Yudke Vavke, Adna Havaya. We'll soon see why Dafka these two names. Bashoifar Yiska blows in a shofar. We blow with a shofar, and he reciprocates, he's also blowing Bashofar. Fine. But when it comes, it says, on that day, it doesn't say who will blow. It says, Yitaka Bashoifar Godel. Will be blown, it doesn't say who's the blower. In today's shofar, it says who's blowing. It says that Hashem is blowing. But then it doesn't say who's blowing. You know what that means? Someone higher than Hashem. <gasps> what, Rabbi Wolf? Someone higher than Hashem? Yes. Because Hashem means the name. It means God's essence that's higher than His name. And therefore, you can't, you can't reference anything to Him. All you can say is, on that day, it will be blown. We don't know the place where it's blowing from. No one knows. It's beyond, beyond any kind of a name. Even the name Havaya, which is the most innermost name, even higher than that. And that's why by our shofar today, it does say that Hashem is blowing. But in that shofar, which is the shofar Gadol, which is coming from Atzimus himself, on the essence, over there there's no name. Yitoka will be blown. Ksiv ad navaya b'shoifer, Yitoka, Masha enking abashoifer Gadol, Ksiv Yitoka, niskar mi as if the shofar was blowing on its own. It's not showing who is the show, who is blowing. Because this is a drawing forth and a revelation. From the hidden of all hidden. From his great name. That is much higher than Adna Navaya. So it's, we can also say, it's similar to what it says. The Rebbe quotes this all the time. In, 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 the, in Lakuti Torah, in Parshas Achrei, in B'yoyim Chaper, it says, on this day he will forgive. Over there too it doesn't say, it says, Ki on this day, Yechaper, he will forgive. It doesn't say who will forgive. L'tahir Aschem to purify him. Lifnei Hashem Titoru. And as Chassidus explains, higher, Lifnei doesn't mean before Hashem you will be pure. It means prior to the Yud Kei your purification is coming from a level beyond the Yud Kei It's coming from Hashem's very essence. Who is the one who is atoning? Because this is a level that can't be grasped. In any letter with a misaklal and it can't in any remez at all. You can't capture this in any word and any letter to say that this word symbolizes this. Over here we can't speak, we just, we don't know anything. But yet we do know that he's going to blow. And he's going to be Makar of every single Jew. Vazaik, and I was beginning, Perek And then it says about this shoifer, what's going to happen? This piece is so beautiful. And then it says, 
What's going to happen when that great, infinite divine mercy is going to be pouring out in such abundance, so powerful, and it's going to reveal itself in the world, and that shofar gadol, it's going to reach every Jew. What does it say? Uboa of them and those that are lost, Be'eretz Ashur, in the land of Syria. Va'anidachem, and those who got cast away, Be'eretz Mitzrayim, in the land of Egypt. And they're going to come, and they're going to bow down, V'yishtachavul Hashem, they're going to bow down to Hashem, Pahara Kodesh, on the holy mountain, B'Yerushalayim, in Yerushalayim. So what does that mean? So the Rebbe is going to ask two questions. First of all, what's Ashur? Why is he picking these two lands? Ashur and Mitzrayim. Why after these two lands? Ashur and Mitzrayim. And why, in regards to Ashur, is he saying, Ha'ovdin, those that are lost, those that got lost. And when he speaks about Egypt, he says those that were pushed away, Nidachim, they got cast away, they got shoved into the land of Egypt. Why are these people lost and these people shoved? And what does it mean that they're going to bow down to, to Hashem? Why bowing? And why, Dafka, they're going to bow down, Bahara Kodesh on the holy mountain, be Yerushalayim? What does this all mean? So now he's going to give us tremendous understanding in this. Very powerful. Now we explain. Because by a regular shofar ksiv, so first of all, he says like this. When we hear a regular shofar, it's very powerful. It brings us a strong presence of Hashem in the room. When you're blowing shofar, everybody feels God, but we don't bow down. We, blow, we, we bow down on Yom Kippur, but we don't fall. We bow down on Rosh Hashanah also when we say Vanachnu Korim during, during davening. But we don't bow down when we hear the shofar. Quite on the contrary. Shofar causes us a tremendous elevation. It elevates us and it causes us to soar to higher and higher levels. That's why it says, Ashreya Am, fortunate is the people, Yoide Teruah, who know how to blow. When they, receive, when they know how to blow and to bring your shofar, Ba'or Panecho, when you shine down your countenance, it's like the little child. Remember, let's go back to the Balshemtov's muscle. Because all of this whole mimer is all encapsulated in that little teaching of the holy Balshemtov. When Balshemtov says is the little prince who has been taken away and abducted and he sees his daddy and he can't even call and he cries out, ah! that plain sound, because he doesn't even know how to say daddy. So the father hears it. What happens when the father picks his head up and, 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 and shows over there, come, or shows to the kid and looks at the kid, what does the kid do? He breaks out in a run and he's running to his father. That's what happens Rosh Hashanah. God reveals his countenance and we all race. All Neshamas race towards him. That's the meaning, Ba'or Panecha, with the face of your, with the, with the, when you finally show your face, the light of your panemius, Yahalechon, we're all running, we're all going. Yahalechon means we, we, we march forward, we're going closer to you. Well, when we're going to hear the show for Gadol, when Mashiach comes, it's going to knock our socks off. Not only our socks, it's going to knock us all down to the ground. Which means the shofar gadol is such a powerful revelation of Hashem. It knocks out the wind of our lungs. We can't breathe. All we can do is just suddenly, just totally nullify ourselves in front of God in total bittel. So there's no walking then. There's a shtachvoya, there's bowing. Bowing meaning total bittel. 
because the revelation doesn't leave room for any metzias whatsoever, just total bittel. And that's what we're saying over here. Avol begiloi asheim. Again, asheim yodis ruah ba'oyer panecha with the light of your countenance. Yalechon they will walk. Sheim meyoyis even though shul gilui pnimius. It's a revelation of pnimius. Mekom makom yesh boy bchenas hiluch adayin. There is some kind of walking. But when the great shoifer of Mashiach is going to blow which is the revelation of the will of all wills, it's the source of all pnimius, all inner, inner, inner of Hashem, even deeper than that. It's going to cause such a bitl. Bowing down. Over there, explains about it that the, low, the highest level is the bowing. And how far is it going to reach? Who is going to bow down? Which means who is going to become totally nullified to God? Not only super hypersensitive souls, spiritual beings, not only super extreme frummy, frummy religious people that are very, 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 very observant and all the like. No, not only them, not even those that are casually observant, but even those that are cast away at the furthest of places, those that are completely disconnected. And then those that are lost in the land of Ashur, and those that are cast away in the land of Egypt, they're going to bow down. The meaning of that is even souls that have gone down so low. When they got swallowed up, they became so assimilated into Asher, into Syria, and into Mitzrayim. And we'll soon see what Syria and Egypt means. It's not just a country geographic location. It represents a certain, a certain state of being. As we'll see in a minute, and our shoifer today, our Jews, who know it's Rosh Hashanah, or they don't even know what Rosh Hashanah means, or the shofar doesn't reach them, the shofar is not awakening them, the shofar now is not our current day shofar, is not shaking them up. But when it will blow with the great shofar, they too will wake up. They came Pidish Besefer, so it is explained in Sefer Tuf Vav Bez Simon Tuf Kuf Pei Vav. I don't know who that is. I don't know what the Russia Tevis of that is. I don't Over there in that Mimir explains that in order that the Jews who were in Egypt should be able to awaken, it needed to be what? Yad Hagedola, the great out. The ordinary hand of God, so to speak, would not go down so low. But if it's Yad Agdola, it will go all the way down to Egypt. Even in, in a place, Mitzrayim means the epitome of constriction, of limitation, constriction, being stuck in a non-godly state. So yes, but, but Yad Agdola, the great hand of God, can extend itself even into such limitations and such boundaries. The great hand. It is drawn and it expands to very low. Even into Egypt. The supernal kindness goes down so far. Even in the lowly soul. And the lowest levels of the world of Asiya. Even in Ashama. So he's saying it, we're saying the land of Egypt means even a very coarse neshama, 
Uneshama that is coming from the lowest levels of the divine that manifests in the world of Asiya, which is very constricted, and therefore is naturally not sensitive to anything spiritual and higher, very coarse. And that Nisham is very entrenched and enclosed in the physical. And even in that person, thoughts of tshuva occur to that person because the, the great hand of Hashem, can reach down into the most into the, literally into the nooks and cranny, into little cracks. That's the great hand of Hashem. Nimtza comes out. This, since he is the great hand, that is very hard. Like our Rebbe. Our Rebbe is the Yad Agdola, is the great hand. Because his hand reaches every Jew, every Jew. Even a Jew doesn't get, no one gets to him. No one, no spread, nothing. The Rebbe has a, reaches this Yid, gets him to put on tefillin, gets him to do a mitzvah. Jews that are in the cracks. Why? Because the Rebbe is the manifestation of Yad HaGadola, of the Ebrister, Asher Asa Hashem B'Mitzrayim, that goes down into Egypt, goes down into all the stuck places, and can get in even into the darkest places to bring Gilead Lekus. Al-Kenim Shechom Espashet Kolkach Lamata, that's why it goes down so below. Sha'afilu B'Pchenas Nefesh HaShvela, even in a lowly soul, Chulu. Valder, Echzem Mameh Shukan, and the same is also now. Shalafi Sheyia HaMshacham B'Pchenas Shoifer Godo. Since it's going to be Amshacha from the great Shoifer, Raiva the Kol Raivin, the will of all wills, Lekachya Oyer, that's why it's going to awaken Afilum, Mepchenas Asher or Mitzrayim. Even those that are in Asher and those that are in Mitzrayim. V'ayim inyan ayad agdoy lebereya mehem the Pashas Kiseitzei, Shugam kem pchenes rachamim gedolim. The great hand is also the same idea of rachamim gedolim. That's what it associates it in the Zohar. Elafi pinish aramasham who inyan who mamish inyan echad. And according to the Ramaz, Ramosh Zakusi, it's mamish the same inyan impchenas shayfer gadol. The shofar gadol and the yad hagdola is the same inyan. Well, it makes sense because the shof the yad hagdola where Yitzias Mitzrayim there was no shofar. Over there there was a great hand that needed to reach down into the lowest depth. And to, and, to, and to take the Jewish people out of that dark, 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 dark exile. And in our exile, it's not Yadagdola, it's Shofar Gadol. But same idea. Ein Sham, look over there. But this piece next is very special. Now he continues to explain what's the difference between Syria and Egypt. What does it mean? There's two types of Jews that are lost. Jews that are not interested in Judaism is for two reasons. One of two reasons. Number one, it's because sometimes people, people because they get lost in all the material pleasures and delights of the world. And they're very comfortable. They're living a wonderful life. They're living it up. They have affluence. They have wealth. They drive Porsches and Lamborghinis. They have big mansions, they vacation all over the world, they can eat all the f- gourmet foods and live up their life. So they have so much entertainment, and they're lost in the pleasures of the world. And the more one entrenches himself in materialism, in hedonistic kind of life, that you're worshipping the physical, you lose your sensitivity, you lose your soul, you can't sense anymore anything spiritual, anything godly, because the heart has become so smug with self-importance that comes from all this physical enjoyments and pleasure, you lose all sense in the divine. That's called, the, the word ashur comes from the word ashray, ashur. Ashur, and that means fortunate. Those that got lost in the world of good fortune. 
They have so much good fortune, so much pleasures, and they lost their soul in their material, physical. People came to America. America provided. Jews until now lived with hardship. When you have a broken heart, you sense God. But when they came to America, they had so much blessing and such a bounty and so many things. They got lost in the world of pleasure, in the world of wealth. That's called. Okay? So, Asher, Asher, Asher means pleasure. Meloshin. Ashrei Yoshvei, fortunate that those who live. In my fortune, because my girls have heaven. And in the supernal only is. Now, in holiness, there is a level called Ashrei. That means when someone is in a level that they're marinating in godly delight. They're, they're sitting in the Abish's pleasure. That's like the ultimate delight. Someone who's living in Gan Eden. He's living in, in the supernal great pleasures of above. So they have sanctified us with the mitzvahs. for example, had such spiritual pleasure, the Shevet Asher, that they called, his name is called Asher. He's related to that great pleasure. The Zohar says, That's the future world of delight and pleasure. Ayin Shom. It also says the word Asher. Whenever you see the word Asher, you know it relates to these supernal levels of spiritual delight. But that's the holy Syria. That's the holy Ashur. But then there's the unholy Ashur. The, the, the Asher of Zel Umazan is another kind of pleasure. Ashur, that pleasure, Hainu Tanuge the delights and the pleasures of this world, which these pleasures of this world, we can hardly call them pleasures, because they're pathetic pleasures. They come about through tiny little sparks of pleasure that have fallen down, at the, and they, from the, from, they've plunged from the highest, highest spiritual heights, and these tiny little crumbs of pleasure, specks of pleasure, come down through the various Ishtal Shalut, and they fall and fall and fall, until they manifest on the most constricted, limited, the most dead pleasure possible, and that's the physical pleasures. And that's why we know they don't really, they, 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 they're way overrated, the physical pleasures. They, they, they seem to promise and give us, they don't, they make it. So because they don't really, they, 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 it's, it's just not it. Our soul knows that real pleasure is much bigger than that, much deeper than that. The pleasure of this world, that was created from the leftover, from the residue, from the from the from the leftover pleasures of alien, from the supernal pleasure, of what has fallen, in the shattered vessels. I am Iskarel, Again, he brings that same tezvav base. What sefer is that? Okay. So these are the people that are lost in the world of pleasure. Nebach Yidin that have lost their soul because they were so saturated with pleasure. Or what does it mean, those that are lost in the land of Ashur? I know it means. Because a person that has pursued the pleasures of the world, to fulfill one's Unhealthy pleasure lust. Never the person got lost. He lost his spiritual spark, his divine spark. 
You hear what's going on? Now, by the way, I want to make, make sure we're not just talking about non-religious Jews who came to America for many generations and got lost in the golden and Medina and the pleasures of this world. We're talking about ourselves also. When we get too, too, too enthralled through in all the various different types of shmirachs and decorations we can put on sushi, so many different, and so many different types of sauces you can get from schnitzlis to dip your schnitzel in, all the 17 different types, after a while these things start taking, a, 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 start taking an effect on the soul. Which means one loses one's spiritual sensors because we become too grabbed in the physical pleasure. So that means, and then we wonder, why am I not loving Hashem? Why don't I get excited Rosh Hashanah is around the corner? Why don't I, why am I not like thrilled by the chauffeur and Chodesh Elul? Why am I not feeling all this stuff? Because we've developed too much our physical sensations. And that means being lost in the world of pleasure. And from this neshama, the klipas actually get power from them. Because the person is now living in their territory, and he's giving them energy. He's paying attention to what they have to offer. The klipas have to offer. These pleasures are offerings from the klipa. And the person is giving them attention. He's giving them energy. He's giving them power. Like it says, Vayishman Yeshurin. Yeshurin, the Jewish people, became fattened. Vayivat, and they became, and, and therefore they rebelled against Hashem. Shamanta, you become shamane, you become oily, fat. Ovisav, you become thickened. Kasisa, you've covered up on your neshama. And these people, nikra oivdim. These people are called those that are lost. Because when a person gets lost, they can't claim complete innocence. I got lost, well you should have looked where you're going, you wouldn't have gotten lost. In other words, when a person gets says, I got lost, it's like, okay, I mean, it's, 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 it's partially you know, forgivable, but not all the way. Because if you would have really cared, you would have made sure to get the proper directions and not get lost. If a person got lost, it's a little bit his fault. As he says, These are people who literally are committing spiritual suicide. They're destroying their own souls. What's their own fault? No one asked them to. In no one asked. The, I mean, I mean, it was their fault that they allowed themselves to be um, lured in and enticed in and seduced by the pleasures, the unholy pleasures of the world. Chas But then there's another type of a Jew, sadly, whose heart became burnt out, whose neshama became totally cold, indifferent, apathetic to anything spiritual. And that's not because of it's their fault. It's because the person has gone through such suffering, so much pain, so much turmoil, that they have no more patience anymore. There's no space on the patience. There's no space in their heart to feel, to be connected, because their heart became numb from pain. And they shut their heart down. And these are cast away by Eretz Mitzrayim. In the land, Mitzrayim is the total opposite of, of Ashur. Asher comes from the word pleasure. How fortunate. Mitzrayim means angst, tsar, pain, suffering, squeeze. It's those people that were cast away in the land of suffering. Pidish Mitzrayim, Eloshin Meitzar, it means tsaris. Shamachosam Motzar, because of the squeeze, Vamotzak, and the pressures. They don't have a heart to know Hulu. They don't have their heart. They've lost their heart and all their suffering. As it says, by the Jewish people, when they were in Mitzrayim. They didn't listen to Moshe. From shortness of breath. 
The Jews didn't hear Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe is bringing them the light of the Giyula. They don't even hear him because of the shortness of breath. Because they had so much trouble. The Targum says they didn't receive, didn't accept from Moshe. Because they were so oppressed. And sometimes it says a person can be in an intoxicated, drunkard state, but not from wine, but from pain and misery to the point that you don't have a head left. You have no way of connecting. And that, again, it's Jews who went through the Holocaust and have lost their Yiddishkeit or disconnected. But it's also people, even, it could be regular people, from religious people, but they have so much pressure and so much difficulty and so much hardship that they've just tuned out. There's no space in them anymore because day after day they're so they're they're so um, in survival mode, just surviving that there's no time for them to nurture their neshama and to develop themselves. Or the person is confused like a drunkard, but not from wine, from pain and sorrow. They are. They are um, ravya, they're drunk, or they are uh, saturated. They're filmed in akka from suffering, from pain. These people, it's not their fault. They, they didn't choose this life. They didn't choose to suffer. This was for whatever reason given to them. So you can't say that they got lost in the land of suffering. They were thrown in. They were cast into the suffering. But when Mashiach will come, Yis'alo kulam. All these people will be elevated. All these nebach, sept, disconnected Jews, will become elevated. They're going to bow down. Meaning, not only are they going to come to a point where they're going to run to Hashem with this powerful love, they are going to experience the full truth and the emes of the Abers to the point that they're going to have the highest level, which is total bittel of bowing. Be completely, totally nullified completely. And this is what it says in the Pasuk. They will tremble like a bird from Egypt. And like a dove from the land of Asher. What does that mean? Because he will cry out. He will cry out. He will roar. Not cry out. When he will roar. When God will finally roar in the end of days. And that's the show for God, the roaring of the lion, the tremendous great Abishter himself is going to roar. And with that powerful roar, Kuhu, who means the hidden one? Hainu man, the Sassim, the one that is hidden from all hidden. Who da tika, that's Atik Yoimim, I am the Idrizutta, look in Idrizutta, Pidish, Kihu Yishag, when he will roar, Hainu Inyan, who ye talk of a shaifer Godel. This is the idea that on that day he will blow with a large shaifer, with a great shaifer. And through this Yachredu they will tremble. Shuprinas, the trembling means the bitl, the ishtachvoya, and the bowing down. Like it says, Takabai the Shoifer, Vayacharat Kalaam, and all the peoples, and it's a tresel kavadin, they all trembled. Uksivan, it says in the Pasukim, Yitaka Shoifer be ear. If a Shoifer will be blown in the city, Vaamlo Yachradu, and the people will not tremble. But now the Rebbe has a question. It says, if a Shoifer is blown, and not everybody trembles, of course, when a Shoifer blows, everybody. Everybody trembles. But if that's the case, then even a regular shoifer can accomplish this. So what do I need? We say the shoifer Godel is finally going to call. The, the shoifer Shomashiach, which we spoke earlier, is infinitely higher than our current shoifer. Why do you need that shoifer in order to cause the Nidachim? The answer is, in this Pasuk it says, 
in Yitaka Shaifa Be'ir, if a Shaifa is blown in the city, Va'am lo yechradu. Am means your people. People means those that are similar, close to you. Am, they're with you. They're your people. They're people that are attached to you. They're your people. They tremble. So there are people who tremble when you hear the first sound of the shofar on Elul, they're already trembling. And they're getting stronger and stronger. That's called Am. But what's with these Jews, Nabach, that are cast away in the land of Egypt, in the land of suffering, to the point that their hearts have completely shut down to any kind of spirituality and holiness? What's with the Jews that have become so entrenched and enmeshed in the world of pleasure and the world of physical delights, to the point that they have completely no feeling towards anything Jewish and anything holy? They're in the land of Ashur. What's with these people? Them, the regular shofar doesn't call them to yachradu, to tremble. They will need the shofar gadol of Mashiach, and that's going to blast through any type of barrier. Every barrier is going to be blasted away. Upidish be'ir. What does it mean? Ah, so that's the meaning. In Yitaka Shoifer be'ir, in the city, meaning Hainu Bchenas Ir those that are living in the capital. Obviously, people who live in the capital are more sensitive to the to the king because they live in the capital. Oila Madibur Mekar if you're going to blow a shoifer in the capital, what does it mean? In the world of speech, which is, which, which is the, the source of Bria Tzirnasi. And the shoifer is blowing. You're blowing it ear into Malchus. As we spoke about earlier. The shofar is the hamshacha from the Soviv Kalalman into the Mamali Kalalman. Leo's binyan olam adibur to construct the world of speech. Shubchenas ear, which is the city. Acharado pitlze. But this ordinary shaking and bitl, it's in the people. I'm establishing you for a people, which means people that are close to him. But in order for this tremor and this bitl should be drawn down, this nullification, even in those that are lost and those that are cast away, that already requires a large shofar, meaning the great shofar from the Pneumius of Atzmos himself, because he will roar, and through this they will, they will, they will tremble like a bird from Egypt. Because even Egypt and even Ashur, Betelim, they are uh, become completely nullified. In the revelation, when he's completely revealed, the revelation of the Orein Sof himself. The Kameh, because before him, the light and darkness are equal. Which means even the darkest, most densest of places completely melts away from before his light. For us, ye, and then as the Pasuk, that very same Pasuk says, the Pasuk that says in Hoshea, that the Hu Yishak, he will cry, and the birds from Egypt and the dove from Syria will tremble. It says, Bekir Kadosh, inside you is the Holy One. V'loi avoy be'ir, and I will not come anymore in the city. What does that mean? Bekir amongst you will be, will be the Holy One, and I won't come anymore in the city. What does that mean? Pidish. Sheyesh b'chenas tzrufei oisiyoiz. There are certain combinations of letters. A city, we said before, is built up from stones. So the Olam Adibur is called a city because it's, it's made up from a bunch of letters. Okay? There's two types of cities. There's Ir Elokeinu, the holy city. That's godly city, Yerushalayim. And then there is an unholy city. Okay? The, the, the other city that's not holy. 
which means a city that is that is made up of letters of non-kosher letters, a world a non-kosher world. That's being drawn into the other side. They're also called a city. It's, it's the same idea that the Doir HaFlaga, they wanted to build themselves a tower and a city. Doir HaFlaga, but that it says was the antithesis to Yerushalayim. The Beis HaMikdash is the Migdal, Migdal David. And the city is Ir Eloikeinu, is Yerushalayim. The Babylonians, the, the, I'm sorry, the Nimrod, who wanted to rebel against God, wanted to create an ear, a city, and a Migdal, and a, and a tall tower, which, is to, which replaces the base of Migdash. They wanted to create osios, letters that are not kosher. They wanted to create a world of Hollywood, with all the narish gold, whatever. And what happened? When Mashiach will come. Once Hashem is going to take the bird and the dove out of Egypt, and Hashem is going to allow the birds to be freed. That means those Jews that are stuck in Egypt and those Jews that are stopped in Asher, which we said earlier, that these Jews give Yenikas, they give energy since they pay attention to all the Klippa. So they're giving energy to the Klippa. But once these Jews are going to be extracted from Asher, the birds are going to return back, the doves are going to return back from Asher and Mitzrayim. Asher and Mitzrayim are going to collapse. That's the meaning. Amongst you, Kadesh is going to be the Holy One. I will not come in the city. I will not come into their city. Their city is going to become emptied out, desolate and empty, because there won't be any life and no energy there, because there's no Jew that's giving it its energy. The Yid is the only one who can give life to something that is... Where all neshamas are going to be elevated and they're not going to be interested. And neshamas is not going to be any more seeking pleasure or whatever and, and, and meaning in the klipas. Then the Holy One will dwell amongst you. And there won't be any anymore to, the, to that city, Hanal, to the unholy city. Now it says, They will bow down to God in the holy mountain. Someone might be listening to this shir and say, Gaval, Mashiach's gonna come, it's gonna be so scary. Hashem is gonna be, it's gonna be such a blast of a shofar, as we said before, it's gonna knock the wind out of us. We're all gonna fall down and embittle, and that's pretty frightening. That's a pretty frightening experience of having such intense bittle. So it says, No, we're gonna bow down, but we're gonna bow down on the holy mountain. What does it mean? You see, when we say it, that it's going to be on a holy mountain, there's a tremendous depth over here. Mountain is love. So simply when we say we're bowing on a mountain, it means we're bowing with love. It's not just a bowing out of fear, just because it's like, pow, boom. It's going to pull us. It's going to pull us with powerful love. But it's a holy mountain. Because love a lot of times can be can, ha- can be full of self. I love. I mean, means, and so if someone is connecting to Hashem with a lot of love, but it's coarse love, then it's I'm loving, it's very much self. So it's a holy mountain. A holy mountain means it's a selfless kind of a love. A love that you don't have any self-awareness. It's like, you're not even, you're not even feeling that you're loving. You're just being so drawn silently into this love. You don't have any self-consciousness and self-awareness. But it's going to be one of love. Meaning not to think Chas V'Shalom Mashiach is going to come It's going to blow us Such a power And we're going to, so going to, be, we're going to be Miserable in that bittle Chas V'Shalom The bittle is going to Pick us up with love But such a powerful Such an emestigal love that That's meaning Bowing down on the holy mountain 
That Avram called the Beis Amigdash a mountain. Why? Because, and Yitzchak called it a field, and Yaakov called it a house. Because each one perceived it according to his madrega. And Avram's madrega is love, and love is a mountain. Because just like love, what's love? Love is a protrusion. Your soul, you're loving someone. So you're, it's, like a, it's, like you're, it's like a protrusion from you towards. So the love is like the mountain going out. So Because by Avram it says he was always traveling to the south. Love. Nikrahar, that's called a mountain. Kamoyahar, just like a mountain, Sheboilet, that it protrudes, may Eretz Amishar from flat land. Good, that's a mountain. That means we're going to bow down with love. But it's not just going to be love, it's going to be holy love. Bahara Kodesh and holy love, who Ava is a type of love, Shebibchenaz Bittel. It's a love that, that is filled with Bittel. Because Kodesh is the level of Chachma, and Chachma is Koachma, the power of Bittel. So when you have Har HaKodesh, you have a love that's filled and infused with, with, the, with the Kedusha, which is Bittel, which is a love that is pure. And, and, and. and he says that's really the level of Aaron HaKohen. Avram is a mountain, but Aaron is a holy mountain. Because it's love itself. That's why in the name Aaron, there's also Har. So, that your mitzvah of lighting the lamps is greater than their mitzvah of the, of the karbonos. So look over there, he explains. That this Har HaKodesh is the level of Aaron. Aleph Har Nun. As it is known, the Pchinas Aaron, that Aaron, the long nun, means Aaron has a very, very long pipe, a very long channel. He channels his love down, 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 down to every Jew. That's what his job of a Kohen Gadol. He has to inspire everybody. No one is beyond inspiration to Aaron HaKohen. But what does he inspire with? With Ahar, with his love. Where is the love coming? From the Ein Sof, from the Aleph. So the Pchinas Aaron, Mamshech Avarab, the great love, which is higher than Avram's level of love. Like it says over there, that's called the holy mountain. Fine. But, but it's not only going to be an experience of love, it's also going to be the ultimate experience of fear and awe. It's going to be the perfect blend. And that's the reason why it says, we're going to bow down. Bahar HaKodesh, which means in love, that with love filled with bittel, but also Yerushalayim, Yerushalayim means perfect fear. Yerushalayim, perfect fear. Yerushalayim, Yerushalayim, complete fear. Shleimus HaYira, it's going to be the complete fear. Ki because now we don't have the true complete fear, because even when we bring ourselves to awe of God, we're perceiving Hashem after Hashem has already filtered Himself through so many filters, so we can't truly be awed by Him of His true self. We're kind of, it's, a, it's, it's only a, 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 a watered-down fear. It's not the real emestig fear. Ki because now it says, that Hashem... Um, notifies to people his strength, 
and the glory of his majestic kingdom, his majesty of his kingdom, who Ahidur is the incredible splendor. In the creations that come about through Midas HaMalchus, is Barach. Like it says, Elef Alafim Yesham Shuni. Tens of myriads upon myriads serve him. Ligdud Echad is one troop. Then it says, Ligdud of Ein Mispar and his troops have no end, his battalions, his, his angels. Whoa, Malchus, the splendor of the Abishter's kingdom is. It's like the, the glory, the, the, it, it's, it's beyond, it's, it's indescribable. It is such splendor. Nevertheless, but still Hashem is withholding most of His power. He's first filtering it through powerful gevurais. How do they come about? He's contracting through many gevuris and many restraints. Because if Hashem's true kingship, Mizgalaleim, would reveal upon himself, upon the, the, the celestial beings, Kamoishahi, as he is, we would not be able to receive at all. They would become completely nullified, literally. the sages say that one time Hashem did that to some angels and they were and they and they all dissolved. Hashem stuck out his pinky amongst them. The pinky is Malchus, because there's ten fingers represent the ten sephirot. So the smallest one is the pinky, that's Malchus. Hashem gave them, revealed to them a small small finger, meaning a little bit more of Malchus than they can handle. The tenth level of the of the from and he burnt them up. They became completely bottle. Because a limited being, because a limited being is not able to receive the infinite. These are Hashem's powerful gevurois. He contracts himself. That his kingship should not be so revealed. Then we should have the dread and the fear, bigvul, limited. So we should be able to live, we should be able to withstand it. And as much as creations can handle. This is not called complete fear. Because the fear is not complete in as, in as much as he deserves to be feared. In other words, we're, not, we're really not getting it. Even if we're really, really sensitive like the Malachim, they're still not getting it. But when Mashiach comes... Once the spirit of impurity is going to be removed from the earth, is going to be complete fear. I, what did he just say? That it's impossible to exist in such fear? The answer is, what did we learn earlier? Creations can't exist in such fear. But when Mashiach comes, the world is assimilated into God to the point that we're, we're, we're no more creations as something separated from Him. We're, we, are, we, are, we are like we are like godly divine beings. And in being divine beings, we can handle the perfect fear of our source. So then we will move into a whole different level with a capacity way higher than we're now and we'll be able to relate to the Soviv Kalaman like we spoke earlier. And that's the combination of these two things. Harakodesh, the holy mountain, Shua Avel Yoinama There's a very high level of love. 
וגם כלולה מבחינה שלמוס הירה. It's also going to be connected, it's also incorporating, it's also intertwined with the perfect fear. Love and fear together. And who's going to feel this? Who's going to feel this? All the Jews who are totally burnt out today, who feel nothing, are going to come in so instantly to such high levels of sensitivity, of awareness of the Abish, they're bringing them to this bowing down. So the Indian is Kalalus Avavayira, and which we discussed in different memorandum of this is Kalalus. All hearts will fear you. That you can have both fear and singing at the same time. That this will happen through the great shayf. Now, now, in our days, no one has ever touched this great shofar. This great shofar, the higher shofar, has never been revealed. We're only accessing the lower shofar, like we spoke earlier. But, when the Beis was standing, there was one time that they did touch that great shofar. And that was every 50 year on the Jubilee year. When they blew the shofar on Yom Kippur, on the Jubilee year, on the Yovel year, that's when in that blowing, when they blew in the Beisdin, in the Beis Amigdash, in front of the big Beisdin, they were able to tap into that larger shofar, that great shofar, and release that light. And when that was released, it had such an influence on the world that all, everybody was freed. That's why all slaves went back home. All land was returned to its original owners. That means there was no more disconnect in the world. It brought everybody, it synchronized all of creation in one, in one instant. Create, basically, every 50 years we reset. We had, our, we had a factory reset because we brought this light from shofar from such a deep and high place that any kind of disconnect, when a person becomes disconnected from his land, means you're really disconnected from your, inner, from your base, from your inner source. When a person, when a certain person is sold into any kind of a slavery, means a person is subjected to anything other than Hashem. You're under some other fear, under some other anything, anything. And that's not healthy, that's not true, that's not who you really are. When you blew that, that great shofar that came from that, on the Yovel, it accomplished this. It was noeg, the mitzvah of Yovel, Now the main shofar that is discussed in the Torah, it says, it says, Do you realize by, by your Rosh Hashanah, it never says you should use a shofar. It says Yom Zikaron, Yom Teruah. It doesn't say Shofar. The real blowing, and we learn it all out because we once we we learn it out from the Jubilee year. Because the real Shofar is then Gabi Yovel Vavartem Shofar Teruah. You should pass over in your land the Shofar Teruah. B'Yoyim Akipurim on Yom Kippur Taviru Shofar. V'Hainu B'Yoyim Akipur. That's Yom Kippur Shal Shnas Hayovel of the Yovel year. Val Yedei and its accomplishment is. Its effects are across him droyer ba'aretz. It calls freedom in the land. V'niftru avadim lebateim, and all servants and slaves were freed. V'inyan, and the idea is shuhu mepchena shayfer gadol. That comes from the great shayfer. Ki inyan yitzias avadim lecheros, because this that the avadim, the servants, go out to freedom. Ha'inu al yedei giloi mepchenas alma decheros, because there is a revelation from the world of freedom. 
כמו שקוסה בזוהר פרשת תצווה, פרשת אמור. וגילוי והמשוך הזו, זהו בחינה שופר גודל. That's the שופר גודל that introduces that liberty, that true freedom from that very, very high place. כמו שקוסה בזוהר בשלח ויקרא וסחנון, והוא מעין הגילוי. And even then, when the base of Israel was standing, it was somewhat of the revelation שיהיה לאסד לווה, that's going to be when Mashiach comes. אלכן נאמר יויבל הוא, that's why it says יויבל הוא, קודש תהיה לכם, it should be holy to you. והוא כעניין, it's similar to the idea of בחינת הר הקודש, the holy mountain. We had a little taste of the holy mountain on יויבל when they blew with that big shofar. הנאו, אין עניין יויבל בזרי חדש גימל, בעדרי זוטה, חלק בייז, אין בפרדס, בערך הכינויים, ערך יויבל בשעה י' גימל, סוף פרק גימל, פרק ד', סוף פרק ז'. ולכן עיקר מצווה סיובל, and that's why the main mitzvah of Yovel of the Jubilee year, such a high level we were only able to access in the time of the first temple. In the time of the second temple, the Jews did not really keep the Yovel year. They recognized, they didn't delete Yovel, they counted the year, but they didn't conduct the affairs of Yovel that year. Let me explain that. You see, the way Jubilee, the way Shemitah works is like this. You have seven, seven, six years you work, seventh year is Shemitah. You do that seven times. After the seventh Shemitah, which is the 49th year, you have a 50th year, which is, like a, which is not considered part of time. You're like above time and space, that 50th year. Okay? Then you start again, seven. That means that the next Yovel is 50 years from this Yovel. But there's one year always in the middle that's like, It interrupts the two, the two sets of 49 and 49. Now, in the second, now the, one of the rules that you need to have in order to have a jubilee year, you need to have all the Jewish people in the land of Israel. Because in order to bring down such holiness, it requires all of our pull, all of our magnetic pull. You need all Jews. If you only have some Jews, it doesn't create such a magnetic pull of the divine. Okay? Fine. So the second base, some English, they didn't have all the Jews in Eretz Yisrael because the ten tribes did not return. So the second base of English, they couldn't have Yovel. But they didn't ignore it completely. What they did was, they counted seven Shemitahs, seven Shemitahs, 49 years. They kept Shemitah. Then the 50th year, they didn't observe. It wasn't like a holiness. They didn't have the people going back home and all that. But still, they didn't begin the next Shemitah. They had an eight-year break until the next Shemitah. They had year 50th. And then they started from 51, they started 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. You realize if they wouldn't count the Yovel at all, then it would be between the 7th and the 8th Shemitah would be 7 years. Now it's 8 years because they have a jubilee in the middle and then you start. So that means that even though they didn't experience the Yovel, they still had some connection to it. That it was, it was a regular year, but it was still, it was recognized at least on the calendar. So, they counted it, in order to know when Shemitah is. But even in the first space, only when everybody lived there. That means in the end days of the, of the first space, they didn't either have Yovel, because the ten tribes were already driven out. Then when they have all the Jewish people living in Eretz Yisrael, then the lower Jerusalem and the upper Jerusalem are totally attached. You need the Jewish people to connect Yerushalayim Shalmailah and Yerushalayim Shalmata and unify the two. Canal, v'ayinu p'china samshachas hei yelah behei tata. 
Then you have the higher hay, which is the higher Beis HaMikdash, the higher Yerushalayim, invested in the lower hay, in Malchus, which is the lower Yerushalayim. And in the higher hay, you can draw down this Yovel light, which is from Chachma, Bittel, Kodesh. But you need the vessel, has to be the higher hay. And in order to have that, you need to have the two Jerusalems totally connected. To connect the two Jerusalems, you need to have all the Jews living in Eretz Yisrael. And this great revelation of Yovel, of freedom, Ikroi happens, it happens in the higher hay. It requires the higher hay. That's why the second base of Middash, which didn't have this, we know was lacking five miracles. It was lacking the Aron, it was lacking five dafka, because it was lacking the higher hay, it was only the lower hay. We once learned it on Shabbos morning years ago. About the two base of English is the two hays. There was also a difference we find in the blowing of Rosh Hashanah was also different in the first base of English. Between the time of the first base of English and the time of the second base of English. Which is explained in that mimer. We turn over the page, page 120. Which they blew in the base of Migdash, but not in the Medina. But in any case, but nowadays, when the base of Migdash was completely destroyed, nevertheless, so today we don't have any more this Yovel. We don't have it. Uh, but we still blow shofar, and aside for Rosh Hashanah, we blow at the end of Yom Kippur. The one sound that we blow, and it's only a minhag, but we always know the secret. Minhags always touch much deeper than the laws. So that last sound that we blow Yom Kippur by the end of Ne'ilah, that's touching on the shofar gadol, on that great, great. That's why we find the Jews that don't show up, Jews that don't show up all year long, they'll show up to Ne'ilah. Right at Yom Kippur, they're coming at the end. We have a Yom Kippur. In Yom Kippur, the world of freedom shines a little bit. sources for this idea. That's why we blow on Yom Kippur after the Ne'ilah, the last prayer we blow. Achas one Tekiah. And this is from the great shofar, the Tkiyas of Rosh Hashanah, that's the ordinary shofar. That Adna Havaya will blow in a shofar, but on Yom Kippur, on Yom Kippur, which on Yom Kippur, it's shining from this level of Yovel, which is the world of freedom. Which is the Hisgalos, the revelation of the great shofar, which is at Neila, Sha'azu Aliyah Hagadola, that's the highest elevation. This is the revelation of the great shofar. And therefore, who Gemar Chasima, that's when we have the complete Chasima, the, the, the signature. And that's the time when everybody's bottle. We're all in a state of complete surrender to God. Yovel is similar to the idea of Shabbos Shabbos, the idea of Yom Kippur. Which actually we learned that minor this year. 
about the eitzim and the two eitzim and the higher than the eitzim. But the truth is, even Yom Kippur, it's only a little ray from the true shofar gadol. The ikar his galus at smusa yisbarach, and the main revelation of God's very essence, laasid lavoi, is going to be in the future. Bimheira biyamenu amen. Literally nowadays, ki oz yitaka b'shoifer gadol mamish. Then we're going to blow literally with the big big shofar, with the great shofar. Hine, let's completely finish this up quickly. Last sif. In rabbis parshas vayetze, in rabbis parshas vayetze. Pidish, parsha ayin, the seventieth parsha. Ata Marta, you said v'ahoya Hashem lila lekim. Hashem says to Yaakov Avinu, you said v'ahoya Hashem lila lekim that Hashem will be for me for a God. Chayecha, I swear to you, Hashem says kol toivos because you're saying I'm going to be your God. All the goodies I'm going to give you, including in those goodies, is v'ahoya bayoyim ahu on that day you talk about shayf for God. So you see that the Yitaka B'Shoi for God is the ultimate goodies. What's the connection? We've said earlier, We said, what's the connection of when you said Havaya will be to me that will bring us the great shofar. We spoke earlier that the idea of the regular shofar that we blow on Rosh Hashanah is to draw down that there should be a mamala kalam from the seviv kalam. shame adna. We want that the shame aleph dalad nun yud should now manifest from havaya. Havaya is the seviv kalam. Aleph dalad nun yud is the Hashem's name of malchus. That he's an adon. He's a master over the world. So we want to reconstruct because we said every year that that level of Hashem's adnos expires. Hashem pulls back His light. Not interested in being a king, so to speak. And we have to reconstruct that feminine attribute of Malchus, the name Adna. So that's the meaning of the Pasuk. Adna Havaya Yitka. That the Hava Adna is now reconstructed from Havaya. Shubchenas Malchus, which is Malchus. We're drawing from Shem Avaya into the name Adna. Avaya is the level of Hashem that doesn't change from creation. Hashem doesn't change. Adna is the part of God that is engaged and involved in time and space. So we're drawing from beyond time and space. Which is the side of Kalam. Adna. It should be shining in the name of Aleph Taladon that Adna Havaya will blow in Shoifer. There is a unity of Shem Adna, the name Adna, which is the seat of judgment. Because Adna is the same letters as Dina of judgment. Because that's the whole idea of Adon, that he's constricting and limiting Aleph, Talit, Nun, Yod is the same letters as Dina, which means judgment, because that whole process of Hashem Lowering himself down means he's constricting himself with all kinds of dinim, with all kinds of judgments. And then on that level, he, everything is tit for tat. There's so much judgment because he's creating us and he has certain expectations of us. And if we didn't do it exactly, then we're, we're in trouble. It, but our avoid is to, to connect that to Shem Havaya. Im Shem Havaya, which is far more the expansiveness of God. 
where over there there's Rachamim. Like we spoke earlier, that when you bring the Soviet of Kalalman, it, 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 it replenishes all the deficiencies that we had in, in all the minute details of our maybe lacking of observance in our Torah and Mitzvahs. For Oymed Mekisei did, Hashem gets up on the throne of this meticulousness, Lekisei Rachmim, to this expansiveness and compassion. And this will all be explained in what we said earlier. Over there we explained. Initially Hashem wanted to create the world with the attribute of judgment. He saw the world cannot survive. He joined with it, with it the midah of compassion. Which is the idea of, because later it says, that in the end, God joined the Shem Havaya, Shem Elokim Va'adna. Elokim and Adna is generally the same level, Malchus. Through this, it brings Bittal, the Yesayesh Batal Ayin. Also, another thing that it, it, when the more Giloy of Havaya there is in the world, it, it enables the creations to have more Bittal. When we say shitiv ima midas arachmem, doesn't only mean that God is more compassionate to forgo our sins. It also means that He made it a little easier to experience it. It, it means that He allows more miracles to happen in the world, a little more, more like divine providence. These are things that keep on lifting us up, keep us, keep us. It keeps on putting us in a place that we can sense a look. Hashem's initially wanted to make it very, very constricted. It should be very hard to perceive it. It should be real. It should be totally our own efforts. Now he helps us out here and there. That's the idea of Midas Arachman, more, more Gili Alakus. The Klaus Yichudzev, Amshachazu, Berosh Hashanah. And Rosh Hashanah is when we accomplish this main unity between Malchus of constriction to the Yudke Vavke that's beyond constriction, that brings expansiveness. And Gili Alakus, Ayyadeya Shoifer, through the Shoifer, Ayyin Shah. The Zawan, that's the meaning of Avaya Aleyem Yeroe, that Hashem, Havaya Aleyem. Hashem appears upon them higher than Elohim. The Yatsa, and he goes out kebarak like an arrow, like a lightning. Chitza, his arrow. In other words, there is a flash of light of, 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 of godly revelation. And imagine by the Shoifer, we accomplish that flash of the infinite, ain't so of kindness and light to accompany us all year long, every moment when we have flashes during the year. Ah, I just had such a gewaldige, gewaldige, whoa, whoa, whoa. Throughout the year when we have these moments of divine revelation, it, 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 it was these little sounds of the shofar that are making its way through the year, poking holes. Because the shofar is the Hizgalus of Avaya. So you got your third tekiah, teruah sound. You're wondering, why do I have to listen to so many sounds? So many of them, I heard it yesterday already. No, 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 each one of them punctures the world of Elohim, of constrictions, of darkness. And it might show up on a, on a yellow Tuesday, somewhere deep in the middle of July, a little bit of that sound of the shofar. You heard that? That the giluyim of, of this, because that's what he's saying, that the shofar is the what's shituf imam, midas arachamim, into midas adin, to release godly revelation. Yeah. That's by Hashem blowing Shoifer. What does that mean? Havaya is now blowing into Adna, Aleph Dalet Nun Yud, and that's the Shoifer, as we said earlier. The Kozo, Achshav, and all of this is now. We're merging Havaya with Adna. 
That's the Sayyidim with the Mamalim. Avala Asad Law, they will Mashiach will come. Shanamar Vahoya Havaya Lila Lukim. When Mashiach will come, Yaakov Avinu said, that, what, what did Yaakov say? If Havaya will be, I, I promise Yaakov said that Havaya will be to me a Lokim. What does that mean? That what is now the Sovev, what is now Havaya, is going to become our Mamalakal Alman. It's going to become our indwelling light. So once Havaya is to me a Lokim, and is only flashing into the Mamale, is going to be our everyday experience. That's going to be our constant. Like the level of the name of Elohim. And there will be godly revelation in the whole world because when you have Havaya, there's no more concealments. That the glory of God will be revealed. So then the Hamshacha that we will need to, that we're doing through the Shoifer, Vipchinas Oirein Soif Mamish, needs to be from the Oirein Soif itself, Shalomayla Meshem Avaya, which is higher than Shem Avaya. Lahamshacha Oir Bishem Avaya. Now we're drawing the Oirein Soif that's higher than any name into the Sovev, into, which, which is Havaya, which will then be the Mamalakalal. Al Derech Shem Hamshichim Beshoifer. Just like now we draw Shoresh Hashanah Meshem Avaya Beshem Adna. Now our shofar draws from Hashem Avaya into the Shem Adna. Ve'elokim and Elokim, Kineskeliel. And then we will draw from the Ein Sof into Havaya. Ve'kivin Shekein, and since so, Ve'yoya ba'yoyim ahu, it will be on that day, Yitaka b'shoifar gadol, that for that you don't need, for that you don't use a regular shofar, for that you use a great shofar, Ve'inyin, and the idea is, Ve'yomer hazal perigama denida, Chazal say in the in the third in the third chapter of Masechtas Nida Chavavam and Alf Chamishad are five things Shiuran betefach. Why is our shofar called a regular shofar, not a large shofar? Because really, the, the shear of a shofar is a tefach, this size. That's the that's how big your shofar has to be. You don't need a larger shofar than this. A tiny bit larger, you should be able to see see a little bit out. You should see the shofar from this side. And see the show, and he should be able to put his mouth on. He should be able to hold on to it a little bit out. He can put his mouth out, and he should see it on this side. That's the sheer show. But it says over there, there are five things. There are five mitzvahs that the sheer is in tefach, and all of them. All of them are mitzvahs that happen now in Tishrei. The shofar is a tefach. The sukkah has certain tefach, and the minimal side of a sukkah is seven tefach. The lulav is also a three tefachim, I think, four tefachim, the size of the lulav, and so forth. And what's the fifth one? We'll see in a minute. Chamisha shiurim tefach. Shoifar, doifen, the walls of the sukkah. Sukkah, the sukkah. Lulav, the lulav. And I don't know what the fifth one is. Maybe that, I'm not sure. V'chol elu and all of these, laham shecha or why? Because all the mitzvahs of Tishrei are all part of binyan hamalchas. We want to construct the Ebishter's attribute of Malchus. Malchus is like the moon, she doesn't have any light. We need to draw down light into her. Interesting, David HaMelech says, David HaMelech is Malchus. David HaMelech says in Tehillim, maybe, maybe you'll recognize this yamai. You've given my days through tefachs. That means through the tefach of the shofar and the lulav and this... That's the tefach. We'll see, see why a tefach, what a tefach is. But through this, you're drawing life into me. I'm lifeless. You're giving me life through the tefachim, through this tefach. P'chinas malchus mitchilo b'roi shashana v'yoyim ha'kipurim on yom kippur. 
is to draw light into Malchus. Which is what? We're drawing light from Havaya into Malchus. It says Hashem's left hand is under my head. Hand. Again, the tefach. The tefach is a hand. The size of a hand. His palm is under my head. That's the left hand. And then, because we, we know in Rosh Hashanah, we draw down the Gevurois. And in Sukkis is Yemina, his right hand. Tachas L'Roishi. His right hand embraces me. Where he explains over there the relationship of Sukkis to Rosh Hashanah. When all these Amshachas are why they Shoifar, Sukkalula. We do it through on Rosh Hashanah with the Shoifar. And Sukkalula, we do the other ones. That's why their Shir is a Tefach. What's a Tefach? A Tefach is the hand like this. Why? Because it says, I'll tell you why. Because it says in the Pasuk, Af yaz, yadi yasta aretz. My hand, my hand, also my hand, yasta aretz, founded the earth. The Yamini and my right hand, tipcha from the word tefach, spread out shamayim, the heavens. So my hands, Hashem is saying, Asha tifcha maloshin tefach is a tefach. Fukafayad, which is the palm of the hand, shamoydidim boyatfachim, in which we measure a tefach. Because the tefach is a hand breaths. And what they really are are the ten spheros, which are, that's the two tefachs. There's a tefach of the right hand, the right and the left, which is the ten spheros. So these are the two hands, which they funnel all the light into Malchus. Because Malchus is only receiving from the spheros, from the attributes today. But Malchus is not plugging in to the essence of God himself as he's infinitely beyond the spheros. By David HaMelech, listen very closely. By David HaMelech, it says that David HaMelech didn't have any life. He would have been, he was destined to die as soon as he was born. And everybody, they made a fundraiser, and everybody added, gave him a couple of years. Adam gave him a few years. And so according to one opinion, Adam gave him 70 years. According to the other opinion in the Zohar, Avram gave him five years. Yaakov gave him like 27, 37 years. Yosef gave him also like a, a 40, 47, something like that. They all chipped in, he got his 70 years. What does that mean of that? Because David is Malchus. Malchus needs to receive its energy. Avram plugs him in a little bit. The Sviros, Yitzhak doesn't because Malchus has enough Gevura in it, so we don't have to add more Gevura. But Yaakov contributes, everybody's giving, everybody's contributing. Yosef, Yosef is contributing. Everybody's filling Malchus. And that's how Malchus is alive today. And that's what we do every year Rosh Hashanah. We draw it down from the right hand, the left hand. These are the, the, that's why everything is a sheer tefach, because these are the spheros in which we're actually bringing in life into Malchus. By Mashiach it says, Chayim Shal Memcha, life he asked from you. It's a pasuk in Tehillim. Perik Chafal, my favorite, my favorite capital. Hashem Ba'azcha, Hashem with your strength. 21. Chapter 21. Hashem ba'azcha, Hashem with your might. Yismach melech, the king will rejoice. It's talking about melech ha-moshiach. And it says in that pasuk, Chayim shal memcha. He asks from you life, Nasata lo, you give it to him. 
It says that Moshiach's life is not going to come from Adam, this one, not from Chachma, Adam is Chachma, Avram is Chachma, not from any of the spheros. It's coming from the essence of the Ein Sof himself into Malchus. And that's the meaning that Chaim, that David HaMelech says about himself, My days you've given tefach, little increments of life. But my grandson Mashiach, Chaim Sholmimcham, that level Malchus is going to have such an aliyah, that's the meaning that the moon is going to be elevated. Now the moon is it's receiving from the sun, but its light is not the same like the sun. When Mashiach will come, that the light of the moon is going to be like the light of the sun, which means Malchus is going to be elevated to receive from the Ein Sof, and that's why the shofar that's channeling light is no more a tefach, it's a shofar gadol. That's the difference of the regular, the regular shofar is a tefach, so it's called a small shofar. But the life that's going to channel into Mashiach's neshama, the shofar gadol that's going to bring, then it's a shofar gadol, that's the idea that we're learning over here. From Shachas Elu, Ya'ashat Tipcham Lashen Tefach, Ukafa Yadra, Vahem Bechinus Eser Sfiris, Bemisper Eser Atzboiz, Chamesh Keneged Chamesh, Five to Curse Five. Gam Beiz Yodis Elu, also these two hands, Shem Yamin Vismoil, they are right and left, Hem Soiviv Kalalman, or Mamala Kalalman. The left hand is the Mamala Kalalman, more constricted. And the right hand is the Soviv Kalam. But yet, again, these are levels of divine light. They're not Hashem's essence. The Karav Lezeb Epirish Pelekuti Torah Marizal. Aposakine Tefachto Nasata Yomai. The Arizal says, this is what I just mentioned to you. Ya'in Shom. Ayin Me'inyin Yadi. V'yamina Topcha. Perik Beis De Chagiga. Perik Kamed De Ksubais. That's why the Chazal also say, we know when we bench, we have a kois shal bracha, which is the cup, the cup of benching, the cup of wine. So we always know that the kois shal bracha, that's malchus. Malchus is called a cup. Because she receives all the bracha from all the she receives all she doesn't have anything of her own she's just a vessel and the bracha pours into her Malchus is called Kois Shal Bracha now the halacha is that when you bench the person who's benching is supposed to lift the cup with his five fingers that's why Chabad and Hasid and the very makbet to hold it like this still sit in your palm and you're supposed to lift it up at tefach that's the height that it has to be off the ground it's again the tefach, because you're lifting malchus through the tefach. That's all, it's elevating of malchus to receive bracha. That's what we're doing. Until Mashiach comes. When Mashiach comes, there's going to be a big meal, and then they're going to have a huge cup. It says the kais that they're going to use by the kais bracha, it's going to be 200, it's going to be 221 luke. It's going to contain. 221 is gematria erech. Erech, reish chaf aleph. That cup, because it's gematria, David HaMelech says, koisi revoya, my cup is filled. Talking about the kois of Mashiach. Revoya is gematria 221, gematria erech. What's erech? There is the er anpin and there is erech anpin. Erech anpin means the ainsof. So finally, Malchus is going to receive the 221 lug. That's going to be the huge cup. And David HaMelech is going to bench, because David HaMashiach is one thing. Now, Mashiach is David HaMelech, an expanded version. 
like Mashiach, David HaMelech as he is king over the whole world, as he is, that, that thing in the East, Sphiris HaMalchus is then going to be in the ultimate state. You have to lift it up. This is Gavaldi. The relationship of Kois to Malchus is because Kois is Gematria 86, Elohim. That's Elohim. Elohim is Malchus. It's the exact Gematria of the word Kois. Kois is 20. Chof and Samach is 20, makes 80 plus Vav. So Kois is Elohim. And that's nature. It's also Gematria Hateva. Nature is going to be filled with the Ein Sof. So you can see what's going to happen. That's the idea that my hand has founded the earth. So, oh, so the kois itself, that's when it says Hashem's hand has founded the earth. That's the kois, Elohim. And then kois Yeshiyah's Esa, I lift the cup up. We're connecting Elohim to Havaya. That's what we're doing, like we say now in Rosh Hashanah. We bring Havaya, the soul of Kalam, and into the Mamalik. And we want more godly revelation in our daily lives. That's the idea. Like we always say, I will lift you up, Elokai HaMelech. I will lift Malchus up. That's why you lift it from the, land, from the earth, a Tefach. You want to connect it to the Soviv Kalalman, which we said before, the Soviv Kalalman is called Shamayim. So you want to have a Yeminoi, the Topcha, Tefach. That's why we always know when they say about, the Alter Rebbe said about Rabbi Shleimer Karliner, that he was a Tefach. He's a Tefach. The reason he can do all these miracles is because he's a Tefach Hecher. He's one tefach above, which means he's living in the Soviet Kalam. He's, he's, he's in the tefach above. He's not stuck. Uh, I don't know what he means by that. He lifts it from the karka tefach and the secret of a yud. A yud, why is a yud a tefach? I'm not sure. He's lifting the hay up through the yud. Over there in that mind, we learned it once, but I forgot already. Over there it says, So over there he explains, He's being magbiha, yud the yud. So what does that mean? Shemagbiah hay. He's lifting up the hay. Al yedei hayud. That's why there's an extra yud there. Shebetoicha hay. Sheboi. Val yodei nasem min dalis hay. Becomes from being poor. Dalis is a poor. It becomes a hay because in the in the um, in the um, hay there is a yud. Okay, I'm not exactly sure. Val yedei zay aliyas hamalchus b'seviv kolamah. This causes the malchus to be elevated in seviv. There's another one we find like this, who mitzvah mezuzah. By mitzvah mezuzah, again a tefach. It has to be within the tefach, closer to the, to the public domain. Also, you have to put it by the tefach, close to the door. Fine, look over there. Also explains over there what means uh, the idea of Pesach. 
Lioy Sam Shacha, because it's Tam Shacha, Misoiv of Kalama, Bimamala Kalama, from the Soviv into the Mamale. Bipchinas Viyamini, Topcha Shamayim, from the heavens, from the Shamayim into the Oretz. Fahainu Mashakasa, Shatefach, Upchinas Yud. Tefach, for some reason, is a Yud. Fahainu Sham Shacha, Mepchinas Yud, the Shem Avaya. We're drawing down from the Yud of the Shem Avaya. Vayud Bchinas Simtsub. But the Yud, even though the Yud is so. Compared to the Mamalakal Almond, the Yud is so great, but the Yud is still a Tzimtzum. All of this is the, the present day Shofar. That's why and Amshach is going to be from the essence of the Orin Tzoyf, which is way above Shem Avaya. And through this Aliyah Samalchus is going to be to the greatest highest. Her days are not going to be given through a Tefach. It says in that same Pasuk, Chayim Shalom asks from you for life. It says, Oirech Yomim Nasataloi. Oirech means long life. Long means it's coming from Erech Anpin. It's coming from the Ain Sof. We're going to draw in the beak. We're going to blow with the big Shoifer. Much higher than the two Tefachs of the ten. Maybe the reason why the Yud is a Tefach is because the two Tefachs of the hand are ten, which are coming from the Yud. So the Yud is the Shoirish of the two Tefachs. Shayam Bemispar Eset Savois, which is the number of ten fingers. So you're going to get much higher than those ten fingers. That's the idea also, which he said earlier, that now the heavens were created from Hashem's hands. But when Mashiach comes, there's going to be a new heavens, Asher Ani Oise, that I am making. Which means the revelation of Hashem Himself, not His hands, not the Sphirot, but the Ebershter Himself. Over there he explains what's before Echad, even higher than that. Mata Seifer, there's no numbers over there. It's all higher than 10. It's Ein Sof. And that's the idea. Yitaka B'Shefer Gadol should be taken from Iyad way before Rosh Hashanah so that Mashiach, so when Rosh Hashanah comes, we will blow with the big, big Shefer in the Beis Hamidosh HaShlishi. This is the last year, last Thursday night year from the year 5777. It was good to end with Shefer Gadol. That's Hashem next year. In, in the base Amigdash Ashlishi. I hope they'll give us a little room somewhere to learn Thursday night. I'm sure they're very busy, but we'll have our, our little room. Okay? Chaim. <laughs>